Welcome back to the Compound Podcast. This is episode 134. 134 presented by Parse Rum. Ooh, Dakota's there taking off his sweatshirt so we can show a sponsor that isn't Parse Rum, so we won't even talk about it. Parse is the best rum around. It's from Colombia. Say something nice about Parse. I'm drinking it right now. Oh my God. I literally I poured a glass beforehand. I was like, this is perfect. You know what? I forgot. Somebody tweeted at us the other day and I meant ah. to... Uh, I just planted I meant a tree. To comment. Thank you. The Earth is thanking you right now for planting a tree, and I forgot, but I will. I will. I just you know, I, Elon Musk uh, bought Twitter. Uh, I, this is a baseball podcast, but we can talk business for a second. Elon Musk bought Twitter, uh, and he's going to uh, get rid of the bots and start fact checking things. But you know, I think before he does that, maybe we should create a bot that every time somebody tweets about Parse, we make the bot tweet back at them. Thanks for planting a tree. That's honestly a great point. You're saving the earth. Like, thanks. You just saved the earth by yourself. Helped help save the earth. We nope. need a lot of people to go nope. and drink. Saved it. We need a lot of people to go and drink Parse in order yes. to save the earth. That's it's that's a team, it's yeah. a team effort. Good point. Good point. Team effort. Can't do it alone. Um, we, I, there's some things I want to cover today. First, I'm just going to put them out there. So we don't forget because I because and Dakota has show notes. Dakota's like, I write That's stuff down true. every I didn't week say on I have to talk them. about. You always and, say you always say like, oh, like, don't let me forget. like write it down. I if I see something during the week and I want to speak about it, I put it in my notes on my phone. I know you have like 10 things that are on your notes that you want to talk about for this week. But before we get to your 10 things, I don't I don't this week. I I would like to talk about uh Pat Hoberg's perfect game. I want to talk about dugout interviews. We've been we've been saying we're going to talk about those for weeks. And uh, I got something about Presley, the closer for the Astros. So why don't we start? Because we've been waiting to talk about this. About these dugout interviews. Zach, I know you have a strong opinion on dugout interviews. Do you want to start? I do. Um, I I've had an issue, like when they'll go in game manager interviews like oh why did you do this that and the other and it's like yeah i understand you're trying to get but like are these quotes right so like you're a manager a you're not saying anything that's revealing b you don't want to do it you want to be in the dugout talking about anything like i understand everybody has a job to do like i'm not shitting on ken rosenthal or tom verducci i i understand but at some point like somebody hits a home run and you're going to go right to them. Like, Hey, what'd you see there? And it's like, why can't we talk about this either after the game or tomorrow before the game? Like there's, there's slots for the media every day, every single day. And I understand it's the world series. Everybody's watching. You want to get as much press and content as you can. I, I totally understand, but like, let the guys play, let them breathe. Let them like, this is such an incredible moment. Like, let them embrace it with the boys that they're going to war with, you know, like imagine like doing all your high fives and Ken's tapping on the shoulder. Like, Hey, uh, Hey Ian, can I get you for a sec? Like, no man, I'll talk to you after. I think my bigger one is the managers. Like you yeah. don't think, you don't think they're like, you think they're doing nothing between innings. Like they're just hanging out like, ah, let's see what happens. Yeah, let me get a drink. Hopefully, hey, hopefully you want to get a drink? Like, what are we doing, man? I, I, I just don't understand. Like, I've never seen one of those where I'm like, wow, thank God they actually talked to them. I'm happy they said that. Like, that's sick. It's like, yeah, you know, he couldn't get the ball over the strike zone. Yeah, we're having good at bats. Nothing's falling. Thanks, Tom. Like the this is this is new. the 
they've been interviewing managers for a while. This in dugout player interview thing is new for this postseason. When I first saw it, I was confused. The logistics of it to me are hilarious. Like you said, you high five your guys, you're pumped up, and then one of the guys grabs you to do an interview literally in your duck. And like the ones in San Diego was when I first saw it. And I was like, the dugout in San Diego is so small. There's no room in that dugout. The fact that a reporter is dead in the middle of that dugout, like everybody else has to clear out for that to transpire when the postseason dugouts are already crowded because there's extra bodies in there from guys that didn't make the roster, but remember the team all year. And it, I mean, the logistics of it were, were crazy, but I, I genuinely want to know, and our the listeners can tell us when you're watching a game as a as a fan, is that what you want to see? Like, are you walking away from when Kyle Schwarber gets interviewed after hitting a homer? Like, sick. Like that was that was Tom. Tell me, what do you got? I mean, yeah, I don't I don't think anyone, especially I think the player interviews weirdly I'm more interested in because at least they might say something interesting. The manager interviews. I mean, Greg Popovich has made a mockery out of this in the NBA for years when they do them coming out of commercials that he just, you know, would like basically not answer anything. Um, I think the problem is we want, you know, as fans, we want some extra elements of the game, right? Especially for a game like this. I think the element to me that would make sense. And I'll give a quick shout out to John Boy Media. We've been doing Blitzball Battle 2 just premiered today. One of the biggest elements we added was player mics, right? And super cool. I've always like the thing you always want to hear is the players mic'd up. The problem with the players mic'd up is that the leagues will never let the anything that's interesting go into them. So the players mic'd up ends always just being, let's go, guys. You know, here we go. You know, hey, wait, it should be, you know, it's all just boring stuff. And then, oh, hey, are you telling me? Hey, 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 Ian's been mic'd up before. Yeah, like, Ian, for example, Ian you had the Donald info. one. I mean, Jack, you remember this, Zach, as a Jets fan, the other oh, yeah. Donald one a couple years ago where seen ghosts. Said, but that was something interesting, right? That was an no. It shouldn't have been let out. Should not then, have been let out. But so then it, the problem is, anytime anything interesting said, they don't. You know, then it, then we go back to just everyone clapping and saying, "Let's go." So I I think the answer to what your question is is that it would be nice to hear the players mic'd up and to have them actually be able to say interesting things instead of just doing manager interviews that don't make any sense there is so many things that players say oh yeah throughout games that like no. you just you couldn't let people hear them. like and there's stuff the thing, like, like it just can't happen right but like, would I mean, be so would be so funny oh oh it'd be absolutely hilarious but ian you know i mean guys say stuff and we're not gonna go into details but like you, you can't say it and like yes no i know like, that but i'm saying you could yes find yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're saying like, they, game, you could find two minutes of usable stuff that's not just the let's go team rah-rah that's yes. also interesting but that, that's what okay so instead of that why not mic up like i understand like and you understand as a hitter too like you're in the cage that's a time to get vulnerable like you don't want any eyes on you but like that's where the best conversations happen right like uh, well i i've said i've said repeatedly and this is an idea that i've given to marquee and our guys is mic'd up bp on the field that right and like I did the two way mic um, for a batting practice, and I did it in the out. I didn't hit that day, but I did it in the outfield when I was doing my work. That should that should be all the time. Like that's the best time to get content, to get some of that vulnerable stuff, to hear players interact with each other in a positive way. Tom, when you guys do blitzball, we're gonna send you an invoice 
I tell me if you want it to be to you or to John Boy Media for the promo here. But uh, <laughs> for Blitzball, do you guys like get content that's like fuck you, fuck this, fuck that, or and like and like bleep it out or not bleep it out? But it's like it's like something that couldn't be on a national broadcast, but is okay for YouTube. Correct. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some element like I was just watching today. We have Drew Davis, who's uh, plays a major league wiffle ball and is one of the best wiffle ballers in the country who comes and plays in blitz ball. And it's funny because a lot of our guys are entertainers first. He's takes it really seriously. And so he was quiet for the first inning. I was like, man, Drew doesn't talk. Second inning comes around, right? He gets a couple strikeouts. Then he, his mouth starts to get going a little bit. And that's the stuff that's like, yeah, you're right. That's the stuff where as an advantage we have as an online media company where we can have Drew Davis say, you know, to Jimmy, like, fuck you, strike, you know, whatever he's going to say. Whereas obviously you can't have that in a broadcast. But I do think, again, going back to it, I do think you could find two minutes of interesting stuff in a three hour broadcast. Zach? And to your point, like, that's a really good point in, you know, in batting practice, especially as an infielder, like you do so many drills, like before the day even kind of starts as a team where like, if you had a camera and you were mic'd up and you were just explaining what you're doing, why you're doing it. And like, for me, like, especially in BP, I want every single ball to hit me in like the smallest square inch of my glove every time. And if I'm not like, I'm going to be a little mad. Like I'm, I can control basically everything right now. And like, I think seeing people, especially guys like Machado, Bregman, who are so good with their glove and like watching what they do pregame or like what they're talking about with their coaches, what makes them tick, like outside of hitting, because you hear all the kind of stuff in hitting. But like, I, that's such a good point. I never really thought about miking somebody up for BP other than like the funny laughs, you know, like dicking around, whatever. But and again, I just think there's way more of a benefit from those kind of conversations opposed to, Hey, what were you thinking there at the plate? What pitch did you get? Yeah. Opposed to And like somebody faking it like, Oh yeah. You know, like I was thinking this, that, and the other. And then he, I was lucky and got a good swing you know, or put a good swing on it. You don't, you're not going to talk shit about the guy. You're not going to say, yeah, his fastball is playing like ass right now. And we're all hunting. that. Yeah. I was sitting on a sloppy shitty slider that I hit 800 feet. Right. You know, you do those interviews when you have a good game and, and you, and they're even post game. It's like, what, what did you see there? It's like, yeah. What do you mean? You know, not, what do you mean? The ball to the fucking Put a good swing on a good pitch. It was great. And like, that's all you get. But, and, and it's hard to solve that problem. But when I did the, I don't know how Marquee aired it. I think they probably just aired it as a pregame thing on Marquee for like 30 minutes before the game. And it was a 10 minute piece of that. I wish, and I, you're reminding me that I need to talk to them and get that clip because I went through my entire outfield prep of what I do every day, which is my, and I explained it to, it was, I had Boog and JD, our play-by-play guys on with me but i explained to them what i was doing as willie harris hit me my ground ball so i you know went to my left did the spin move of good one hops to second and then i went to the other side and did it in a couple deep ones and like i was trying to explain as i went through it and i don't really know exactly how it turned out but i think like having guys do that and then clipping it into like a sunday morning show where you actually are showing and kids can watch and then you can put that on you like i think that is very beneficial i want I want to keep moving on this and I want to talk about like the reason why I watch a lot of formula one, I'm right into formula one. The reason why they're like practice sessions and um, I'll send them an invoice for this 
as well. Uh, the reason why their practice sessions and their qualifying is so entertaining is because when the drivers get on the mic, like if they're in practice and one of the drivers is too slow going around a corner because one's on a hot lap and one's not, they're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? He's right in the middle of the road. Like, right, and they, right. for, it's raw, for the it's stewards, raw, it's raw thought and like yeah. what's and they'll, actually they'll bleep going it on. Out, but like they, they will do like for the stewards, they have to put on a show and it's never their fault. It's always the other guy's fault. So it's like, this guy's a fucking idiot. He was right in the middle of the road and he ran into me. And like then, you know, they're not all friends and they're all competing against each other, but they all are, you know, respectful that they're all doing this for a living and racing and stuff. And like that kind of content they have. I mean, it's every week. There's something like that that happens. And it's not like a big brawl after. And like, I can't I hate this guy so much. And like baseball is so traditional and rooted in tradition, you know, basketball and football. These guys jar all the time you don't get right. to hear it necessarily sometimes on the fx mike dub right you get to hear it but these guys jar all the time then they have mutual respect in baseball if we were able to get to a point where some of those more raw things were put out would it just become more acceptable and you would have the respect and it wouldn't be like oh that guy's a douchebag for saying that or that guy's like the worst right. for saying right. that or would it be like hey we get it. It's the content. It's the value of our production. Everybody makes more money. It's great. The one thing in baseball you have is that that guy's holding a baseball. that can throw 97 miles an hour at your chest. A little scary. That's what I mean. How many times, and this is the thing why it's not the same. Like how many times, like you say, you don't say anything. I bet like guys come in and they're like, Oh, what's this guy? Guy goes fucking shitty slider. It's just a spinner Two so right. doesn't do shit. Like, right if that gets out the next time you face that guy, like you're probably either getting plonked or you're getting there. Fucking and it's funny game. because like, you guys all know that no matter what team you're on, everybody's talking about it. You know, like, yeah, that, that's like the most common, I bet you conversation amongst hitters and like pitchers will just sit there and laugh. Like, yeah, it's really bad. He just struck you out on it three, three times. And you swung. Yeah, and that's, that's three. the funniest part is right. when a hitter strikes out on a slider right. and he's like, what is it? He's like, Oh, it doesn't really do shit. Right. Like, Why'd you swing and miss? So yeah. like, and that's what, I don't know, like in golf, like, I, I Spieth and his caddy talk all the time and it's always yeah. mic'd up. Like that is the coolest shit, you know? And like Dakota, say if you're throwing a pen and you know, the track man guys behind you and it's like, Hey, what or rap soda, whatever you guys use, like, Hey, what was the spin on that? And you can kind of go into like, you can elaborate like, Hey, I'm trying to have this at this axis at this. So it plays like that. So then yeah. we don't have guys saying, you know, or guys and girls, whoever's watching the game you know, against the Astros, why is why are people swinging through Javier's fastball? It's right down the middle. And it's like, no, they're probably working on that in their pen, saying, "Hey, if I get my hand here opposed to here, you know, that makes a huge difference." And like to get to get little things out like that, I think that would be huge for a the game and just like people becoming you know more in tune of where the game is. I agree. I I think the only thing. Like, I agree you can add a lot more info, but it's like staying on your own team. Like, if you mic someone up in-game, like, if oh, they yeah. say something about yeah. their guys, no problem. But it's like, I think the only time you get in trouble is when you start talking about the other team. Like, Right. And it, is, it doesn't even have to be in-game. You Like I said, yeah, pre-game for, for sure. infielders for sure. and outfielders, like, I, I, that's some of, like, my favorite time. Because I And I, I am very passionate about infield and, like, what I do every day, like, I basically have the same routine every single day. And I couldn't imagine what those guys in the big leagues who are doing it for 10, 15 years, like, Hey, how often do you guys do this? Are you still working on this? Like you did in your second year opposed to your 10th year? Like, you know, I, I think personally that 
there's just again I, I could be biased obviously but like there's just so much more beneficial information coming from those conversations opposed to in game 20 seconds after you hit a huge home run like Bryce Harper or Reese Hoskins the other day hits one throws his bat and like he doesn't even get a chance to celebrate or think about what just happened he's doing an interview I just don't I just don't think they add that much and I think there is there's other stuff that can add more I somebody had that idea and everybody jumped on it was like this is a great idea I like I don't think it adds that much but I don't blame them for I, I guess I appreciate the fact that they're trying new things they're 100%, trying a different well, I, ways of engagement 100% definitely it just it just it is very strange and I wonder if someday the baseball will get to that point where some of that stuff is more out there and more accepted it's a fine line but you see like with Javi and Amir Garrett like now that when they face each other that's appointment television now like yeah. when Amir's coming like they're wondering if he's going to go back out or if he's going to get let a guy on bait like if somebody gets a hit then javi gets up like that's appointment tv now that is like one of the most extreme examples in base hall and some would say like kind of a like i I, do you really like i don't know that i necessarily want to be in that situation with the pitcher like very often where like it is like that animosity and you're starting like every time you face a guy the bench is clear like if we're if that's the situation we're going to end up in then it's not worth it but it 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 makes for i mean if you mic those two guys up during or before or after it back now you couldn't get that God, out there. you, get you couldn't content. get that out holy there. smokes see i've never understood that like building animosity with like one guy like i'm someone like i'm not trying to talk shit to another hitter because I don't want them coming up there next at bat, like, oh, I'm gonna get this fucking guy. Like he was talking, like I don't, you know what I mean? Like, why give someone extra firepower to lock in even more? Like yeah. Javi's going up there and he's like, if I hit a single, I'm still pissed off. Like he wants to hit a ball 500 feet. Well, I think there, I think there's a lot of hitters that feel the same way. Like I, like I don't want to give a guy, like make him forget about me. I feel yeah, like I if, don't want, if it's yeah, one of them, I want to lull like, oh, him to sleep. Play, like, and then, yeah. And then get like, the mistake. Wow, I, yes. Yeah, I can't get this guy out. Opposed to like, wow, I fucking hate this guy. I'm which, locked in on him. Like, which no, Zach, I'm all set. It, all set. Zach, that's especially true. Like in the minors, like when you have like a big prospect, like we, I faced Torkelson this year. Like when like Tor- like someone like that comes to the plate, you're like, oh, I got to get this guy. Like this is like a good fucking hitter, right? Versus like, and I mean, everyone's a good hitter if you're in, in professional See, baseball. This is but the you know PC. I mean? This is the PC issue with baseball. If you would, if you would have gone out and said this guy who stinks. Well, I was going to say like an eight, nine hole, who's usually not your best hitters. That's why they're in the eight, nine hole. Like you're not as like amped up to be like, oh, I got to get this guy. It's like, all right, like, let's just worry about the top and like the meat of the order. Before, before we move on, I'll give you a personal example. And this is, I, I didn't think I would ever tell this story publicly, but I'll say it. Let's go. We're playing in, we're playing in New York this year uh, against the Mets. Mm -hmm. I come up maybe first and third. Maybe first and third with Ottavino's on the on the bomb. And he throws me, he throws me first pitch slider. I see, I saw it pretty well. It started way out there and I saw it pretty well. And it was just a little bit slower than I expected. And I took I took a good pass, but I I popped it straight up on the infield. And there was less than two outs, so it was infield fly. Or maybe there was third and there was nobody. But regardless, as soon as I hit it and popped it up, I yelled, fuck. And like, I don't do that to, I don't do that to like at the pitcher. I'm frustrated that I didn't get the run in. Right. Yeah. He, as soon as I yell, fuck, he's running in to back up home plate just because, and he's kind of running pretty close to me and he yells, fuck as like a, 
and, and he was like smiling yeah. but it was like as a like oh fuck you you're gonna yell fuck when you pop up like but you're I'll yelling yell, i would never take that as they're like the guy's pissed he popped up like it's not even like oh i should have hit that at home like i should have hit a home run it's like ah oh, fuck yeah but that's that's like one of those moments where you're like all right man I get it. But that's like the same thing. Like I've walked guys where I'm like, why did I just walk this guy? And I let out like a fuck, like in my glove. Cause I'm like, yeah, that guy stunk. Like, why did I just walk him? Yeah. And you, you imagine I mean? the hitter, the hitter goes, fuck. Euclid's had a really good story when he was facing uh Verlander years ago and he hit a foul home run and Verlander yelled, fuck. And then Euclid's hit a double in the gap on like the next pitch or two pitches later, same at bat. And as soon as he hit it, it was like, fuck, <laughs> because it, <laughs> And it's like that you have those little things, but like that story, like with Adovino or like that story, with you, like those would never get told and you don't, those aren't out there. But if like dudes are mic'd up and you see it, like that's just, there's little things that happen throughout the game like that that the fans don't really get to experience or appreciate. Yeah. But Hey, what were you thinking on that home run, Ian? That's, that's, that's what we all want to hear. Yeah. Good pitch. Good swing. Thanks. I think the thing that I would say though, is like you guys have focused a lot on the adversary nature of baseball and like, I think fans want to hear, like, if you mic'd up Kevin Long, like, for example, let's just say, and you had him talking. I mean, granted, the hard part about that, especially in live time, is you don't want to, I'm, they don't want to give away strategy. But if yeah. there was a way you could guarantee that you could show Kevin Long talking to Reese Hoskins about his last at bat in an interesting, engaging way, I think that's so much better than getting 30 seconds with either manager where they're not going to say anything, you know? And I think that's yeah. the ways where you talked about F1. That's a sport that sold itself, right? It sold the story of that sport so well that it got an American audience. And you talked about football as well. NFL Films is unparalleled at this. Every week they put out incredible mic'd up segments. Yeah, those sports know how to tell their stories well. And I, I don't, I can't say baseball doesn't, but I think baseball needs to think about ways it can get to those levels to match that because that's ultimately how you're going to keep fans and get new fans. I think I think if you had a if you had a mic'd up of me and Nico looking at video of our last at bat and like talking to each other about it. And, you know, some of that is like if you're sitting on a pitch or not, you don't really want to give that away because you're going to face that guy again. But just like, oh, man, that just ran a little bit more than I thought. Got a little in on me. And like those those things as you're like going through it, I think those would be really interesting conversations like a Um, catcher and a pitcher in between innings. Same thing. Yeah, like, obviously, yeah. like you said, you don't want to give too much away. Like if they're if uh, Wainwright and Molina are talking about facing you and then you see the video and it's like, oh, that's how they're going to attack me. But the thing is, it's like you faced them like you already know how they're going to attack you because you doing. saw it. Happen. Right. Right. I totally like you, agree. You, you lived it. Yeah. If you say maybe something not like, hey, when he goes like this on change up, his, his glove gets a little bit wider. Yeah. Let's not air that because I want to put that one in the back pocket. But if it's like, hey, like he struggles with back foot sliders, like get him though too, and like let's get one back to like I think that'd be awesome yeah. here because that's what? like that's cool I know stuff the, to see. Right, I know the same shit. Yeah, hundred percent. Teams, you know, PR guys, like everybody errs on the side of caution because the last thing you want is something strategy and something like, like that to get out, and then everybody's and then everybody's angry. So, well, that's the thing. Like I was just gonna say, last thing is like going back to the Darnold clip you make one mistake with those and then everyone just goes so far the other way that they never want it to be interesting ever again. And I yep. think we can find a way to make it interesting where it's not adversarial and it's not game plan stuff, but it's giving the fans what they want, which is what exactly what you said. Like, Oh, that two seamer, I was loaded up for it and I just missed it or whatever. But like, it doesn't have to be anything crazy, but that to me would add a lot to the game. And I think that could happen very easily. Again, 
I'm a little biased, but like, I think, you know, people were all saying about Donaldson missing Javier Cedar again. Like if he came back and was mic'd up and saying like to somebody, yo, I cannot get above this guy's heater. It looks like it's rising to me. I think fans would be like, huh, what does he mean that it's rising? What does he mean that it's opposed to just like, oh my God, it's 92 right down the middle. Like this guy punched out 200 guys in 140 innings. Like he, he does it. He misses bats. Then it, then it baits him into throwing him heaters the next to bat. That's what I'm saying. And then the hitters come out on top. Before before we move on, the next thing I want to talk about is kind of kind of related pitcher uh, game planning stuff. I want to talk about athletic greens. Listen, guys. I know you guys like athletic greens. I know you guys have been on the athletic greens train for a while. I've let you guys talk a lot about athletic greens because I'm going to be honest. Your boy hadn't really had the athletic greens experience much. Okay. Maybe, maybe Tom's going to matter me. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. I had athletic greens today. Okay. It was your first time. I got them sent. I got them oh sent to me God. from the old cubbies. I had athletic greens. I was, I'm a little nervous about green stuff, green things, green juices. I'm not a big green juice guy, but let me tell you, I liked, I liked the way they tasted. And yeah. I got me, all, me and Zach haven't been lying this whole time and we've liked them the whole time. Every I got time. all Dakota 70. was saying this in like April or whenever we got them. Like, yeah. yo, this is really good. I said I got all 75 really high good. quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, and probiotics. That's what I got today. All of them. You're such think, a clown that you had. I think mine tried. had those too. You're a clown, but keep going. Come on. Come on. I love athletic greens. Athletic greens. I, you know what I was doing today? I was investing in an all-in-one uh, nutritional insurance. Athletic greens were giving away free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five travel packets, free travel packets, with your first purchase, athleticgreens.com slash compound, athleticgreens.com slash compound. Um, I'm in on it. I'm I'm in on athletic greens. And you know what else they, the Cubbies sent me? Shout out to the Cubbies because uh, Tom doesn't send me athletic greens. Is uh, they they sent me the, the bag that you can scoop out of and they sent me uh, travel packets. So I'm, I'm going on a little, I'm, I'm leaving uh friday i'm not gonna be back for a while so i can take enough athletic greens to get me through uh the road trip so good are for me fly? are we flying or driving Where are we're, we going? Fine. we're nice fine. yep i'm a couple i'm going to be in a few cities over the course of 10 days and it's going to be uh at work a lot but we'll find time to record guys don't worry about it all right i can't time. wait till we get the hey can you guys go without me tonight i i don't know if i'll be able to make it we're, we're having a show dinner how many, right how many episodes have i not been on how many episodes of this show we're episode what do we say today 134 how many you have missed, I missed one one i have i have also missed one i mean nobody was accusing you of missing i was i'm just letting I'm you know accused, i'm getting accused like it's here. not like you make it more than we do i don't think zach missed one i missed one i missed one somewhat recently it's like 10 or 12 or something. Uh, hey, 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 uh, hey. I, I, this is what I want to talk about. So I'm, I'm watching the World Series. World Series? World Series? Who was it, Tom? Who did I say? Harper? Uh, Presley. It was short. Yeah. My good friend Kyle. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Kyle's, Kyle's hitting. I don't know Presley that well. I don't. Like, I haven't faced him. But pretty sure he's a four and a curveball. No, he throws four. he throws four pitches. Cutter, slider, huh, huh. All right. You t- talk about this. Talk about this. I'm going to look up his percentages real quick. I know. I, I faced him 
last year once or twice, and especially against a righty. So like he he throws like a funky angle anyway. So you think that he's just gonna pull and yank, but his ball also has like the rise, I believe, from what I remember. Cut and ride. what it's okay. what it's showing. I'm ready. I'm ready to talk about this. If if hey Zach, I hope you're done talking because Ian's ready to talk. I'm ready wow. to talk about this. Hopefully you're done, Zach, because it's Ian's turn. Well, I got away from my story. I wanted no, to tell my story. And it, and he was continuing story. on. I was going to say, as a righty, everything's going away. Go ahead. You know what? Listen, I, you know what? This I is hope you're busy is. in the next 10 days. Okay. He's to lefties, to lefties this year, for the whole year, 34% curveball, and it's a 12-6. It's a like we said already. 30% Weird. four at hmm. 94.5. That's his average velo. Probably ticked up in the playoffs. And it's a, it's a, it's on our chart. It's a slider, but I'm saying it's probably more of a cutter at 90. That's 30%. So 30, 30, 34 for the season, 6% change up six. That's when a hitter is looking at a scouting report and 6% change up and it's the other three pitches are 30. That's pretty much elimination. Uh, yes. Oh my God. Yeah. D- Dakota, when was the last time you stepped in the box with that size eight melon? I was going to say, I guess I never look at those. I can't answer you. I'm going to get the video from Sacramento. Yeah, it, w- it went well. I faced Rogers. So I'm watching this Schwarber at bat. Schwarber's grinding him out. He goes, change up, change up. I mean, two. And so everything he's throwing for, for the listener is fours up. And then the other two pitches are moving towards you. So there's nothing going away from you as a lefty. There's nothing going towards the outside corner. So it's a the way that you're looking at pitches is that everything's coming towards you that changes the way that you're gonna try to enter the bat into the zone in your approach this guy goes to not and not just like poop change-ups like pretty good 90 miles an hour with some arm side run at the bottom of the zone and i was like i know i could feel it in my gut of like shorber walking back to the dugout because i know how much he looks at uh reports and him being like god damn it did I like that is not what I was looking for. Not he's not supposed to do that. And when a pitcher does something he's not supposed to do, you just walk back and you get when you get that six percent pitch or the two percent pitch, you're just like, damn it. He threw a change up to Aaron Judge as well. Well, and he's two percent, two percent to righties, two percent to righties. So what I was saying as a as a righty, everything's going away from you, no matter what he's throwing. And then, so lefty, especially if he's at 6%. Through two to Rizzo. You're thinking, yes, you did. You're thinking. One to Carpenter. Everything is coming into you. I'm so just saying it's not that crazy. Like, this isn't that no, outrageous he, that, he bro- that he broke no, out. The, the thing he's throwing crazy. it more now. The thing that's yes. crazy is he's ticking yes. up in the playoffs. He didn't throw it during the regular season. And now in the postseason, he is throwing it. And I'm sure that that is now a discussion in the Philly clubhouse. That is 100%. I can promise you because K long is K long and because of the guys they have in that clubhouse. Now they're going down in the cage and when they go in the cage, they're going, Hey, we're starting to notice this is ticked up. He's thrown it 12% of the time. So you have to respect the change up. So now this guy is a true four pitch. Now mix. he knows. Yeah. Now, now you're fucked. And it's like, Ooh, and that's what I'm saying is like a lefty, like, so he's thrown those pitches to everything is coming into a lefty. So as soon as you see that front hip change up coming in, you're like, oh, he yanked the slider, yanked the heater, yanked the curveball, yanked the cutter. And then it's like, Tuh. it's going back over the plate. And you have not, like, like you said, you're Schwarber and you're just like, motherfucker. What? I mean, even what? the middle ball. So that, that change up that ends down and away, that has to start 
middle, middle in to get down and away and still be a strike. So that pitch, if it's, and it's at 90, so it kind of, it looks different than the heater. So you're probably not on the heater, but you're on the cutter when he throws that. So you're, you're looking for that ball to come at you. And then, so that it's the instinct when it's coming at you is to clear because you have to clear to get there. And then as soon as you, as soon as you flinch to clear, that's when you get that ass out, like, Oh my God, swing. And so that's a, it's a nasty mix. And usually guys that throw 6% changeups like that, it's because that it's an arm side miss, like 50% of the time, it's an arm side miss out of the hand where they just, they push it because everything they're doing is this way. And then it's a push, but his does not seem like that. It seems like he's spotting it down in the zone. He's spotting it down in a way he's doing a really good job of throwing that and like just watching the game and like having a, a, a I have never faced him, but having a little understanding of like who he is as a pitcher. I was like, Oh, if he's doing that. Right. And if he's only throwing it 6% of the time in the back of your mind as a hitter, you're like, okay, either it's not a good pitch or he's not comfortable throwing it for a strike. So it's like you said, you're eliminating it because of the percentage and that he's not going to, he's not going to feel comfortable throwing in a big situation. And now in the playoffs, he's throwing it in huge situations. Well, here I'm looking, I'm looking at the video right now. This 6% actually includes the playoffs. I'm trying to figure out when, when he threw it before that. I mean, it seems like at the end of the season, he threw it a little bit in uh, at the end of the season. He was probably getting a feel for it, but I was going to say changeups also the biggest field pitch you can have. If right. you lose it, it's gone. And if you have it, it's it's, on, it's pretty good. On our system, he's thrown 27 of them this year. And the first one he threw was in August. Yeah. So, I mean, that exactly, though, that makes the 6% make even more sense because he didn't throw it early in the year. So he yeah, probably didn't I mean, even have probably, it. He, I guess he's ticked it up. August I bet it was something. Was his first one, if I. All right. Let me since he's thrown his first one, let me give you let me give you it now Here, it's now a 13% pitch. And this is and that's my point is I bet I I know he had a really good year. I bet it was something. Wouldn't you agree, Zach, as a righty, if you're facing a righty and he throws a cutter, a cut fastball, a slider, and a curveball, it's like, oh, that's pretty comfortable. It's all going away. Everything's going away from you. Right. And I bet they worked with him and they're like, hey man, if you can get something that goes into a righty or dives down and away from a lefty, like that's going to be pretty effective. So I guarantee like that's why he built their like mixed it in. It's crazy how it took him this long to kind of yeah. be like, Hey man, you, you're really good. Imagine. But it's also one of those, like, it's not that easy to just learn a new pitch and then go throw it to Aaron judge. Yeah, and play. You know what I mean? Like that's they, he probably knew for a while, like, ah, like a, even a two seam would be kind of effective, but right. it's just easier said than done. He threw two of them to righties in the regular season. And then Judge and Castellanos are the two he's thrown in the postseason to righties. Oh, that Castellanos one was fucked. He is he is uh since since the end of September. So I guess we can go since October one. He's fifteen percent change up, twenty nine percent. Oh, sorry, twenty percent change up, thirty eight percent curveball, thirty three percent slider, only nine percent fastball to lefties. Nine percent. This guy throws ninety-five with carry or ride. Nine percent fastball. That's interesting. He's in the ninety-seventh percentile for fastball spin on, on baseball savant as well. He's throwing. He's throwing nine percent. Those. I'm curious what his vertical break is. 
You know what I mean? Like, because you can have a high spin I rate, I that. think, I'm and pretty not sure it's, have good vert break, right? I'm pretty sure it's... I don't uh, know. Hang on. I will say, while you guys look for that number, I was thinking about the whole time... I can look at it right now. Aroldis Chapman, late in his career, developed the splitter. Yeah. And it was one of those, like, three... It's, it eventually crept up and kind of became a third pitch, but when he first started throwing it, it was a real 2-3% pitch. And if, if, you, if he threw it, it was an automatic strikeout, just because the guy was sitting... Dead Anything red. else. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're loading up for an Aroldis Chapman 103 fastball and he throws you like an 89 mile an hour splitter, it's just forget it. It was what the hell is that? You can't. Yeah. The first times I couple times I saw it, I was like, is that like witchcraft? I it was unbelievable. <laughs> it was the greatest pitch I've ever seen, I think. This is this is fascinating to me. This is this is the stuff. This is why baseball is fun. This is fascinating. I am uh I'm shocked that he's throwing such a low percentage of heaters. It seems it seems like he's kind of uh, completely arm side with the heater. Maybe that was kind of a trend, and they were trying to figure something else out. But he's spinning it. He's spinning it at 2400. I don't have a vert break on it, but he's spinning it at 2400. That's another fear of. We have other guys like I played with a guy this year, Leaper, who has a cut ride fastball. And their fear with those guys that have natural cut ride is like, hey, if you start throwing a two seam or a changeup, like we don't want you to start pronating, like then you'll lose that natural hand position and arm path. So that could explain be that? explain that. Explain that to the listener. Explain explain the difference in the the wrist and the pronation and what you're trying to do. So when you're throwing like a slider, you're trying to stay as supinated as possible. Supinated? Yeah. Supinated is where you're like, it's hard to do it without a visual, but it's like your thumb is towards your body. Put it that yep. way. Your thumb's towards your body for like a slider. And if you, from personally, for my changeup, I supinate it as much as possible. Like I literally try to turn my hand over so that my thumb's facing straight out. That's so if you're a guy, huh? That's pronating. Pronating. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I like to pronate as much as possible on my changeup. So if you're a guy, some people just naturally, their arm comes through. And their hands kind of tilted to be like a cut, like a cutter. Like you're kind of John, on the side John of the ball. Lester, and because yes. he had thrown it for so long, John really didn't turn. He didn't pronate. He didn't no. pronated super late. Like those guys will throw and release, and then the pronation comes after. I'm pretty sure yes. when I throw, I pronate behind my head. I'm pretty yeah, sure I just like it's a pronation. That's like Dylan Maples. His slider was so good because he would pro he wouldn't pronate until like the ball was already out of his hand. So it would literally just come straight through in supination. So Leaper has good supination, like just natural. And he like one day in a bullpen was like, let me throw like a changeup. Like he wanted, he only throws fastball slider. And he's like, let me throw a changeup. And it was a really good changeup but they don't want him to throw a changeup because they're like, if you start throwing a changeup and all of a sudden your fastball loses its cut ride, like you're screwed. So that's I don't, it. I don't know because if that, that happens. Because that's your pitch because that's, that's your, like, that's your like, money maker. So if you try to do something else and lose the ability to do what makes you really good, then not everyone, that, like you can't make your ball cut, right? Like, I don't think you can teach someone to have cut, right? It's like some guys just have it. Like you just throw the way you throw the baseball is like that. So I don't know if that's what happened with Presley. Maybe that's why he's not throwing as many. Maybe his fastball kind of, I don't know, maybe his hand placement or it just died off a little bit. So he's like, all right, let's throw more off speed. And it's easier It's easier to stay supinated on sliders, obviously, because you're trying to literally like rip through it. I do think, real quick, Tom, I do think that that's one of the lessons that analytics has 
probably learned over the last five years as they've tried to make guys good at everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I think early on in this uh, rap Soto and, and finding all of these things where they can slow it down and they can really have an understanding for what makes pitches do what they do. They would try to get guys to be, to have three, four five plus pitches. And they started to find like, Oh shit, we can get a guy to throw a change up. But then we, then we turn him into this kind of pedestrian at everything pitcher and we lose what made him good. And now they're starting to correct that and go like, eh, maybe we don't try to do that to everybody. If you have one elite pitch, like certain, like Jeremiah Estrada, his forcing fastball, like it's an elite forcing fastball. Like if your vertical break is 20 plus, they basically do everything they can to not mess with that or mess that up. So they're like, we don't care really too much about your off speed. Like just get decent off speed because your fastball is unhittable. And I think that like that one pitch can get you to the big leagues and then Mm -hmm. they see how well it plays there. If it'll keep you there. And if it doesn't, if that one pitch gets hit and your other stuff is too sloppy, then when you come back down, that's when they make the adjustment of like, okay, now for you to be, have sustained success in the big leagues, you're either going to have to figure out how to locate that one better or find two or three, two other pitches that complement what you're doing, which I, I yeah. think in the pitching department and how that's developed is, is a really interesting like kind of. There's a reason Kenley Jensen pitching. doesn't throw like, I don't think he throws a changeup, does he? Who? Does he throw a splitter? Who? No. Kenley Jensen. No, but Kenley started throwing a sinker. So Kenley, Kenley has, you know, Kenley was always a cut guy. Yeah. And he would just, he would throw 90% cutters. And then kind of in the last two years, one of the things that he started doing was a slider, which is, you know, complements his cutter. It's just slower. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's not that good. I, I And like his cutter is so good. The, the slider is just a speed variance. But then yeah. what he started doing was he started throwing this splitter or this uh, sinker. And so now he throws a 93 to 96, depending on where he's at cutter. And then he'll throw like a 92 to 97 mile an hour sinker. And they're, they're like opposite. That's where the tunneling comes into play. It's like, if it's coming out of the same slot, like you, you have no clue. Like you have to hope you picked right. Like you can't, you don't have time to adjust. (laughs) He threw me, I was on cutter this year. I can't, I can't remember if this was in Atlanta or at home. I was on cutter and he threw me a pitch that was literally in the other batters. Like it was two feet in the other batters box. And I swung at it because it went the wrong, it went the wrong way. Isn't that one of those ones where fans are like, what are you swinging at? And you're like, you come try it. You yeah. come try and hit yeah. this. The and guy only throws these. And then this one goes the other way. It can't do that. It was one of, it was one of the moments in my, I will not forget that because it was the, one of the moments in my big league career where I went, Wow. That's okay. Like I did, it was like, if I was, when I was younger, if I would have done that, I would have been like, oh my God, what the fuck? You're, you're, you're this, what are you doing? But like, I was so committed. I was so convicted to his cutter and it happened. And I was just like, all right, that's all right. Wouldn't you rather that be like locked in on his cutter and swing and miss and look silly than like, be like, ah, it could be a cutter. And then you swing at a cutter and you like follow it off and you're like fucking commit and it's a home run. Yeah. I mean, that's how you hit good pitching. You have to be sold out. You have to be absolutely yeah. sold out to hit good pitching it's it's funny like guys who don't come off of their plan sometimes are the best hitters because they're just like fuck it i'm staying to my plan i'm not gonna get caught in between and if i do i can get beat off of my plan but if i'm not getting off the heater here you know and if you take it it's a win and that's and that's what you have to do when especially when guys are throwing 100 and then they're throwing a 91 mile an hour 
wipe outside or you're like, I basically got to stick to which one I think it you is. Can't, right. You can't protect all three or all four pitches that he has. Yeah. It's just can't not possible. It. Dakota, can I ask you, cause I know you're a big changeup guy and you talked yes. about how hard it is to like how you can lose that feel in the changeup. Mm-hmm. When I worked in summer bowl, we actually had Jim Clem, who was like a West coast pitching guru who they, all the PAC 12 schools would send their guys up just to learn changeups. Right. So we'd have, I would see, 500 change up to summer from every guy learning how to throw a change up. What makes the change up so hard for guys to find and kind of hold that feel? I think it's just weird because there's so many different ways to hold a change up. Like I hold a circle change, but I hold it like it's hard to describe without a baseball. Like I hold it like on the side and it's a pitch that like I'm holding it like this, like my whole hand is over the ball. So it's kind of different the way it comes off every time. And your hand doesn't want to come like you want to throw your fastball, like rip right behind it. Like your changeup, you're like dumping it out or like it's just a, like even for me, every offseason, it takes a good month before I even like get my changeup back. Like the first three or four bullpens, they are dog shit. They just like float up there. They don't move like it's such a feel pitch that you just need to get. And it's hard to teach. Because for me, like I said, I like to pronate as much as possible, but some people throw like the four seam change up and they just rip down through it. Some guys are better with splitters. Like it, it depends on how you throw a baseball. It's really weird. Yeah. Cause it was one of the most interesting things to see was you would see like, for example, Spencer Howard, who was a second round pick of the Phillies up with the Rangers the last couple of years, he came, learned the, the change up instantly just became a different pitcher, just became yeah. significantly better. And then you'd see for every example like that, there were two guys who would throw 50 changeups in their first three starts. And then you'd be like, never see it again. Cause they would just, yeah. whatever reason wouldn't take. It's the same thing. It, it's really the same with any pitch. It's like if Clayton Kershaw is like, this is how I hold a curveball. Like try it Dakota. And I tried it. Like, I'm not going to all of a sudden have Clayton Kershaw's curveball. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah. it, it's weird. Like just because you hold it the same way or like, it's it's just crazy every everything's different for everybody like your arm angle i don't know i i I literally can't explain it i don't know it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense because you'd think especially like i've asked guys because there's other guys in our org like i have comparable arm angles to like kind of comparable motions almost and i'm like like how do you hold that like what do you think when you do that and then you go and try it and it's like it's still dog shit like it it doesn't make sense. Welcome, like it welcome to hitting when you're that's trying what I mean. to figure out exactly. what somebody's doing. That's like if Ian asked you, like, hey man, like what are you doing with your hands there? And you told him and Ian goes up and goes, that feels horrible. Like I'll never that's, get a hit yeah. like that. I think that's I think that's, that's for the most part how it how it goes. <laughs> it's but yeah, Tom, it's literally it's just different for everyone. Like it's it's weird. We've had this has been a really good discussion. We're getting we're getting deep into the our time window here. I I do want I wanted to try to put that I just sent these guys the uh, sinker I swung at in the other batter's box and then the cutter. And like they both started in the same place. So that you guys tunneling 101. Hey, I want to be on time to that cutter. All right. Come on. I want to try to, uh, I want to see if we can get that in the, in the YouTube video, maybe in a short, like a one minute I mean, clip. That's, that's pretty good. That wasn't even, maybe that find those pitches not on my iPhone video. I thought it was me and the other fucking batter. Yeah, that wasn't that bad. Dude, it's in the other batters. How often do you swing at a sinker that's that far off the play? I mean, that's that far started off, but... outer third. That didn't like that's start. What I'm like, saying it off takes off. Going. 
Can I be honest? Oh. The first swing I thought was the good one because I was like, oh, yeah. fouled it off. And then the second pitch happened. I was like, wait, the first one's the bad one? And so, you had a fluff in the offseason coming off an all-star it's, campaign? It's, Are we serious right now? I mean, I, you, you got Zach swinging at my slider in the dirt. And my slider stinks. Yeah, but then you You're fucking hit me. That. You hit me. You yeah, hit me. I was pissed about it. You fucking hit me. I've hit you twice now. When you face a lefty, how often are you swinging at a guy's fastball in the other batter's box? But it started as a strike. Or it wasn't like it started line. out. I mean, you're just not, that's not happening. Regardless. All right. Zach, would you, you don't agree want to, that? You, you don't think it's that bad? Fucking but, pitch. That's why I, I said, I just said back, LOL. I was like, oh, okay. I thought it was going to be way worse. Like, good I for you, thought man. it was like, right. oh, this shit went to the backstop. Don't put swan. it in there. Don't do the video. I'm over it. And Tom, <laughs> it wasn't can you talk bad. to us? Tom, listen. Let's take a deep breath. All right, everybody take a deep breath. There's one more thing I want to cover before we get to screen time, and it's going to take a minute. This episode is going to be fucking four hours long. Talk, talk to us about BetterHelp, Tom, please. BetterHelp. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. I want to talk to you guys about BetterHelp Online Therapy. I'll be honest, guys. I started going to therapy in the pandemic. It was really helpful for me. Everyone deserves to feel their best, and BetterHelp makes it easy to get started. As the world's largest therapy service, they've matched millions of people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. All the benefits of in-person therapy, plus it's more convenient, more accessible, and more affordable. I was actually talking to my friend, and I told him I do therapy all online, and not through BetterHelp, but I, I would do it through BetterHelp, because I found online... It's, it's sometimes easier to talk about some of the problems you're having. So I think doing it online, I know that might seem a little bit unusual. I actually think it's great. There's no waiting rooms. There's no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash compound. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash compound. Um, is doing every ad read from oh, here on out. It's not that? even you've been, close. You've been hiding your that, that could voice be on this a whole commercial. time. That could be on a commercial. Good. It is a commercial. We just Ian, did. We see just did a commercial. You see time. how it's done, Ian? Wow. If anybody, if anybody follows our uh, 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 TikTok account, that's going to be the the video from this week. It's just going to be Tom doing an ad read. Is that oh, good? No, it's no, yes. It's yes. Let's. This. I want to cover this before we get too far in. Pat Hoberg. Oh, yeah. Umpire. Great dude. He is actually the most accurate in the league. He is actually he actually was the number one most accurate umpire in the league this year. I like Pat a lot. I'm a big fan. He did something and I think hadn't been done yet this year. He had a perfect game and he did it on the biggest stage. He had a hundred and twenty nine. I think that's right. Hundred and twenty nine pitches that were not swung at. Okay, so he had to make calls on 129 pitches. He did not miss one. Perfect That's game. So incredible. game two of the World Series. That is. That's almost a performance where it's like, hey man, you got the rest of the series. Like you're you're staying back to the next. <laughs> well, I think I think it's so important. Like these guys catch so. I mean, what they do is not easy. It's really hard to call a baseball game. These guys catch so much flack for, for. You know, because the box is there and because we can see exactly, you know, and where the pitch ends up, these guys catch so much heat for it. But you have to celebrate when these guys are great. Like you have to give him the props for like the, the thing that should be celebrated is Pat Hoberg having a perfect game. Not when a guy has a crazy punch out celebration and punches dudes six inches off the plate and then it gets on pitching ninja. And everyone's like, oh, he's got such a strikeout call. So cool. No, no, no. Being accurate is cool. Having a 129 out of 129 
is really, really cool. That's what needs to be celebrated. Pat Hoberg, awesome job. I hope he umps every game that I hit in for the rest of my life. And what's crazy is that you got Maldonado and Rio Muto behind the plate, two of the best defensive catchers. So it's like they're framing some shit that looks like a strike because of how good they are. But he's do like, you, nope, can't get me. Do you think Do you think if they're trying to stick pitches and he doesn't give it to him, he's like, throw that shit back. I know where it is. Yeah, Let's he's go. like, come, come on. on. It's a, well, that's a fucking ball. Let's he, go. he is like, he. he's one of those dudes. He, we have a, we relate. We relate. We talk to each other about something that we might have had done up here. And, uh, <laughs> and he, I was so confused what you were saying there. I was like, what? I think all of our audio only listeners are have no idea what he had just That's said. okay. They That's both right. got hair plugs. Go watch. Hey, go hey, watch hey, come a, on. Go watch the YouTube. What? Uh, he, Truth. he is the type of dude that, like, I think it was Yankee Stadium. He called one low on me this year that was like, it was, it was down, down. And like the next day, and and you know we have a we have a relationship, and I'm like, I got that down, Pat, and he's like, it's like all right, all right. And then the next day, you go out there, he's at third. The next day, I'm going out to left, and he's like, hey man, I, I got you bad there. Like that was a bad one. That's that's on me. And like that because he cares so much about getting it right. And there was another one later in the year, like the next time I had him, it was down. But it clipped the like it clipped the bottom, but it was like right there. And I said, I think that was a little down. Next day, came back out, and he's like, "Do you look at that?" And I was like, "Yeah, just clipped the bottom. That was a good call." And he was like, "I'm so glad I didn't do it to you twice." Like I got I I was like, he's like, I was really nervous that I I got I got you twice two games in a row. And like that's the type of dude that he is. He cares about it. He takes pride in. It. He goes back. He watches he looks at it. Yeah. And he's and when he's wrong, he's like, dude, that's my bad because he understands that it affects our careers. And like, that's why he's good. I'm a big Pat Hoberg fan. I, I for one, because especially in the infield, you talk to the umpires a lot. Like you're just human, human contact. Someone's then next to you, you're going to talk to him, you know, and like there's a lot of the times where I'll argue and then like I'll come back and look in the next day or whatever. And I'll say like, hey, man, like my bad. I didn't mean to yell at you. I was just pissed off. I haven't gotten a hit in three weeks like. My bad. And they're like, hey, dude, all good. Don't worry about it. And then, like, like what you said, especially in the minor leagues, because they're in the same boat Almost as we are. don't do that shit, though. Bro, the they do. No, no, no. There is plenty of times where they'll say, I'll say, hey, did you look at that last night? And they're like, yeah, I did. My bad. I'm like, hey, all good. But, like, if you're out there saying, like, yeah, it's a strike. And I'm like, yo, I'm literally looking at it right now. Like, it was like a 0.3% chance. It's not. It's not. You know, don't lie. Don't lie and say you looked at it. Don't lie and say it was a strike. But those guys, you know, who say like, I don't know, it's both ways. As a player, if you can say, hey, man, my bad. I fucked up. Shouldn't have argued at you. Great. And if it's vice versa, I think that's awesome, too, because every you're trying to get the the, the call, the play, whatever it is. You're trying to get it right. You're, nobody's up there saying like, nah, is that eight up there? Yeah, let's bring them up. Here we go. Here we go. At least you hope not. Yeah, you know. Hey, we'll we'll see. But <laughs> uh, Any, anything else to say about Pat? I think that's no. It's sick. That's I'm, insane. I think that's like, awesome. It, uh, and I think, we couldn't do that. Like you couldn't get behind the dish and call a perfect game. I would call a seventy percent game if I got back there. I'd call a better game from the batter's box. I could get I could get closer from the batter's box. It's like I'm gonna stand in the opposite box as the hitter, and I'm just gonna call him from there. Yeah, <laughs> just gonna wear wear a bunch of foul balls off my chest. Damn, See, I, Ian, the, the video you just sent, though, that's what I mean. That's my point of how hard it is. He caught that. I would have told you that's a strike. 
Yeah, and that's like down. That's like down, down. That's down. That's like two to three balls down. <laughs> but but you know what I'm saying? Like, take out the box and you look at that. You're like, ah, oh, like painted the knees. But it wasn't. And that's clearly. that's why their job we, is really hard. We had yeah. the track man this year at a few places in the dugout, so it was live. It was. I I was even feeling bad. I was like, yeah, can't have this track man on. Like this is. Oh, these guys where you could getting, see it as it was happening, bro. You had Ooh. just like a standard box, but like in and out, we would have somebody say. No, it's not like oh, three seconds hard. after I'm like, bro, that's hard. But I do think like if those guys had it in their ear, I've said this before on this podcast, if those guys had it in their ear where they could hear it as it was happening, it would make them better throughout the game. What, I, Tom? What do you got? I was going to say, did you guys see in the Arizona Fall League, they've been yeah. testing the uh, challenge system and yeah. it looks, it's a lot like tennis and it looks pretty effective so far. Yeah, I'm down it, for the challenge. I don't want as much as I complain about umpires. I don't want the automated strike zone personally i agree i would like there to be some kind of challenge thing yeah you get what the rules are of that you get three of them yeah i don't know but like i would like there to be some kind of as long as it doesn't as long as it like i i hope that like i saw the fall league one it was it was pretty quick i hope that they can even get faster where it's just like someone's upstairs as soon as it happens it's like challenge strike Okay. It, it is that quick. Like they have it on TrackMan that fast, too. That's they the thing. should. Like it yeah, should literally why. be like, hey, like radio down, like, yep, strike. I don't know why it took like 13 seconds for them to announce it over the PA system. Well, it seemed like the video I saw, I don't know if we saw different ones, was the, it was like tennis where they show the ball coming into the yes. zone. Yeah. And I think part of that is for like the entertainment, entertainment you know, factor. You know what I mean? Like in tennis, a lot of times it'll be like, oh, oh I'm kind of down. I'm kind of down with that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Let's let's do the screen time. Let's get the people out of here at a reasonable hour. I know they love hanging with us. They love talking. I don't want to keep them too long. I got stuff to do. You know what I mean? I think I had a bad day today. If I'm going to be honest with you, I think I was. I think I was a Definitely little. Definitely had a bad one. Time. Mine's taking forever to update. I'd I'd hate if it just wouldn't update and I couldn't. I had do four hours and twenty minutes. Damn! I didn't even have that bad of a day today. Five. Did you have Google Maps on there? Uh, no. For five. Ah, minutes. I used. Oh, you're lucky. how'd you get home? You're lucky you didn't have Google Maps on there. You got CarPlay. That's no, I think stuff. mine does on the car. I don't think I think mine does it on the CarPlay. I have 127 minutes on Google Maps today, and my phone. You're looking looking for your golf ball on Google I think I'm getting tagged for my CarPlay time. By 127 minutes, do you mean two hours or do you? Nope. Mean I mean hour one hour and 27 minutes. Okay, okay? <laughs> I added all of it together. It's yep, an hour yep. and 27 minutes. What's your total time? 431. That's not that bad still. <laughs> Tom, mine was 514. Really good number. I, I I had a really good number today, and I was like, I felt good about the number. It was 542. But still, oh, that was I know. Good. That's like a great Dude, day for me. That's really good for you. Sub six for you. I wish. Honestly, Ian had a bad day. Tom had a good day, and me and Zach were, that's pretty usual. Round five. I wish that you could see my Twitter usage for what it would be for Jets Twitter. If you could like... <laughs> Somebody trying to ninety-eight percent off a cliff, searching we Elijah get, Moore. We can't get into the Jets. We're gonna be here for another hour. Can I just say one quick Sloan story before we go? I went to the bathroom today. I was in a public. I was in a, a office building, and I went to the I went to the restroom. Okay, and I went to and I went to pee. It was it was not a Sloan urinal. Okay, and then you know how that usually the flusher is on the oh, yeah. on the apparatus yep. up there, right usually up there. on there. This was crazy. Okay. There was the piping and everything. And then the Sloan, it seemed like it had been, we're gonna have to talk to our friends at Sloan valve. It seemed like it was aftermarket added on 
So they, they it was on the wall, but kind of like next to behind the flusher system. So I think maybe, okay, think about this. If you're an office building, can't confirm or deny that this is real. If you don't have Sloan flushers now, maybe you don't have to rip out the whole thing that's going on, okay? Maybe they can just, after the fact, bring in some automation into your current system so you don't have to do a complete revamp. I don't know. Like I said, don't take that for fact. This is not this has not been given to me by Sloan, but there's a chance, okay? There's a real chance you could do some aftermarket stuff and get some automatic flushers without having to rip out your whole Why system. would you not try at least? Why wouldn't you call Sloan Valve and see what you can do today? This is episode 134. It's brought to you by Parse Rum. How, I'm going to go have some rum. Planet Tree, if you're sad that we got a rained out World Series game, guess what you do? Watch football. No, go watch well, football battle two that. on the JM. I would say just have some Parse, but what? Mm-hmm. What time? I was going to say, go watch Blitzball Battle 2, JMware. Yeah. Oh, out. yeah. We're, We're going to send no, you no that invoice answer. just doubled. Yeah. Go watch Blitz, Blitzball. Tom edited the whole thing. It's uh, it's really great. He's really excited about it. He said it was really, really hot in the warehouse. And uh, I think I heard along the way of this episode that everybody's mic'd up and there's really good content. A lot of good content. That's the bill that you're going to get for this is going to be astronomical company might go bank. Send it to at John Boy on Twitter. We will see you next week for episode 135. I thought Scott was going to come on today. What happened? Uh, I texted him and said, like, you want to just do it next week? Oh, he, we moved it up an hour. He was you told him eight. you said, you, he said was, you know what? You're not that interested. He would have panicked with his house. So he was like, it's all good. I got to hand out candy. Anyway. Oh, my you God. Just put a bowl out there. He's just complaining that there's no kids anyway. Yeah, he goes, I'm pissed. No one showed up. I'm not going to I'm not going to write this down because I don't write down uh things that i want to remember for next week but i'll i'll show the audience kind of what it looks like this is what it looks like tom remind me next week when scott comes on to ask him about how excited he got to prep for halloween and he was so put that in the show notes. About it. put it in the show notes let's let's start doing show notes that's episode 134 of the compound podcast i see my parse rum when i say parse user i'm parsec rum rum see you next week